Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I think it's time maybe for a new intro song. Really? What do you think? Uh, sure. Never, I mean, that, never thought about it before. That's a decent one. It's it's uh, by uh, my former mm-hmm. days of playing music. We have been using that intro song for a long time. It's been a while. Yeah. And I think maybe it's time for just a little old switcheroo. I will have to see if we still have the beginning part where it's like, good morning, Liberty, with the annoying alarm clock sound. Because I got that from a guy on Fiverr like three years ago, and mm-hmm. I don't have that file. And now they're combined together where they mix they mix together with mm. each other. And uh, so I'll have to see. Let's see if that was included in the five bucks or whatever it was <laughs> that I paid the guy. And you don't know where it's at. Mm-mm. Okay, no. well, you know. Okay, anyway. Let's just is, get a whole new thing. This is Good Morning Liberty with the original intro song. Actually, that's not true. But with the uh, with the... Old intro song still. Tune back in tomorrow or next week to see what song we choose for the intro. Uh, everyone's freaking out right now. We don't need to change, especially Amanda. Amanda hates change. She goes nuts whenever we try to. Even like the 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 crappy like elevator music or jazz music or whatever that's playing when we're waiting for Charlie to sit down every time before the show. Like if we change that, we lose Amanda for like two weeks at that point. I noticed a lot of people don't like change. Mm-hmm. They just want everything to stay the same. Mm -hmm. I'm opposite of that. I like for things to switch around new ideas. I'm always like every, my head is full of just new things all the time. I can't focus on one thing Mm -hmm. clearly. He likes change. Even if the current thing is good also, it just needs to be something new. Yeah. It's just, it's gotta be something. Well, Good luck with that. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to talk about some cool stuff today. Actually, it's not cool. It's terrible. And it's going to involve the $90 billion bailout of union pension plans that Biden was just uh, giving a speech about Mm. yesterday. $90 billion. That's, I mean, that's a lot of money. I know it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but it's it's quite a lot of quiche out there. But these days, you know, with inflation, that's not very much. Uh, So we're going to talk about that. I saw some misinformationing going on about Ron DeSantis yesterday. No. A mm, little bit of media malpractice. Mm. Luckily, I took some screenshots of the original article titles before they changed the title after it blew up yesterday. So that'll be good. And then I want, this is, uh, you know, a few days old or whatever, but California instituting a tax on lithium mining. Just just think about that one here for a little bit. What the heck are they doing over there? Hopefully Gavin Newsom runs for president because it'll be fun. It'll be really fun. I mean, they the government has to have something to tax, Nate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but first, we're going to go with this very first story. We mentioned this a few times, but one of our listeners, a person in the private Discord, sent this over from Bloomberg, and I wanted to discuss it real quick because we are, in fact, dealing with a lot of symptoms of our decision to virtue signal about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. How would you go about sending articles in the private Discord? Well, you would go to joingml.com, pay as little as six bucks a month, or you can jump on a yearly membership and you can get yourself a nice real libertarian tag by 
paying a little bit more, putting your money where your annoying libertarian mouth is all the time. Mm. And then you can join the private Discord and send articles over so then we can use someone else's written content to sell ads during our podcast. (laughs) You see how that works? Sounds like a great deal. It's a really great deal for everyone. People helping people, that's a powerful thing. So we made this decision, uh, really the entire world did, to to really send a message about how upset we were about Russia invading Ukraine. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. Okay, I don't like war. Yeah, I'm against death. I don't like war. Mm-hmm. I like people's nations to not be invaded by other nations. Uh, I think it's fine when places break off of other places and, be, and become independent. Uh, I think that that's totally fine. Why can't we all just get along? <sighs> Not There's no money in getting along. Come on, man. Okay, so anyway, Russia's oil revival is getting some help from its domestic refineries. So that doesn't sound very exciting. But when you consider the fact that we've done all these sanctions, all these, all these little trade embargoes, shutting off all their oil, Europe's going away from it, we're going away from it, we have to move over to solar panels and winds and all that, all that different stuff, not nuclear not nuclear. Mm-mm. That's not good. It's not clean at all. So we have to do all this. We're going to pay a bunch of money for gas. We're going to send the stock market tumbling. We're going to exacerbate our already existing inflation problems so we can really stick it to Russia. And you know what? We're going to stick it to them so hard, they're going to have to leave Ukraine because they just can't afford to be there anymore. And they're going to see that they would rather be able to trade with the rest of the world than just worry about taking Ukraine. And then we don't actually have to drop any bombs. We're not actually going to be at war with them, even though sanctions kind of are an act it's of war. It's a proxy war. It's a, basically a war. And then we're giving them guns and bombs and all that. I don't know. It's not a war. It's not a war, okay? Mm. Anyway, from Bloomberg, Russia's oil output is edging back towards pre-war levels. And a revival in large and small refineries scattered across the country is a major driver of the change. The trend is another example of how Russia's energy industry is adapting to trade restrictions imposed after its invasion of Ukraine. No one saw that coming. (laughs) No, they were just going to tumble. The country's refiners were hit hard by the first wave of sanctions with a knock-on effect on crude production, but they are enjoying highly favorable economics right now, said Mikhail Turukalov. I don't know what that is. CEO of Commodities Markets Analytics. You know what they mean by highly favorable economics right now. I mean, you know, their their rubles getting pretty strong. Also, oil prices pretty high, higher than they were before that. And people are still buying the oil from them. And people still need the oil. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out they still need it. State subsidies for domestic fuel suppliers mean the government is now doubling revenues from every ton of gasoline sold within Russia. The initial disruption to its energy Industry, after the invasion of Ukraine, contributed to a 50% jump in crude prices this year, pushing inflation higher and threatening recession. The country's ability to pump and sell oil may also determine whether it can keep prosecuting its bloody war in Ukraine, despite the efforts of Western powers to economically isolate Moscow. Russia's crude processing in the first 15 days of June jumped to 5.2 million barrels per day, the highest since March. The soaring cost of gasoline in Western economies has also supported the earnings of Russian refiners. The state partly compensates them for the difference between domestic prices and the amount they would earn selling the same fuel in Europe. (laughs) So the refiners are getting compensated on, you know, if they're just selling it domestically to Russia, since they can't sell it on the world market, uh, they're actually just getting that cost made up for them. 
So the current value of that subsidy is about 350 bucks a ton, doubling sales revenue and providing another stream of windfall profits. Where does the state get it from, though? That's... Um, I don't know, you know, I'm sure that probably just the rich people, I bet. Mm. That's probably where they get it. Smaller or less modernized refineries halted or reduced their runs in March and early April as they had difficulty exporting their fuel due to a U.S. import ban. Since then, they have found new customers, mainly in Asia and the Middle East. Hmm. Even when the refining comeback reaches its limit, it wouldn't necessarily lead to another slump in Russia's crude output because the country can raise export flows. There are plenty of willing buyers of Russian oil and refined products in Asia, said Ron Smith, an analyst at BCS Global Markets. Well, how about that? That's weird. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to put the thing up there. That would have been better. How about that? Isn't that interesting? There's a picture of uh, some, some big old tanks. Holding oil. It seems as when you produce something that other people need, that people that need it will find a way to get it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Doesn't that seem strange? It turns out that like we're not the only country that buys stuff mm-hmm. from them, and and not even just Europe either. Plus, Europe's still buying stuff from them. You know, um, we're actually just hurting ourselves. That's the point of this conversation. That's all we're doing. I asked Robbie, the fire burns thing about this yesterday. Uh, or maybe it was Clint, I'm not sure which one I asked, if this was having the desired effect that we wanted it to. And they said no, because clearly it's not working. You could also say yes, it is having the desired effect if you thought about some of their other goals, like the climate change agenda and and all of that. Uh, But listen, we're all paying for it. Really, really expensive gas right now, although Putin has been nice enough to lower the national gas price average by 28 cents over the last couple of weeks, and we thank him for that. Mm. Thank you for doing that. Was that Putin's price decline? Yeah. Yeah, he's giving us a break right now. Okay. Nice. Yeah, and this is the interesting thing is that the you know these types of things, uh, as you pointed out, is hurting America. Much. It's the same reason why we don't like tariffs as libertarians, because all you're doing is hurting the people. You don't actually hurt the government. And in this case, it's very similar. You're not actually hurting. Now, I'm not saying I don't ever believe in sanctions. It's not what I'm saying. I think sanctions are better than bombs if you're going to make me choose a couple. Mm-hmm. However, I think we should be strategic about how we do certain things and make sure make sure that the outcome of what you're implementing isn't going to be worse for your own people. Well, also, and then and then double down on it, being like, "Well, yeah, you know, I'm not really worried about the gas price. I care more about sticking it to Putin." Well, and that's what Biden has been saying when he does get asked about it. He's like, "Well, you you rather just, you know, just not do anything about Russia invading Ukraine." Well, what about the next question, which is, "Has this done anything? Have we actually hurt Russia, or have we just hurt ourselves and all the people in Europe? Mm-hmm. Who's actually getting hurt the most from this? Because it doesn't seem to be working. They're still in Ukraine." They're still bombing stuff, but we're just paying more for everything. I don't know if this is having the desired outcome unless their outcome was to really stick it to the American people and do nothing to harm Russia at all. Mm. Anyway, that's that story. Mm. Now, would you consider that a theory of conspiracy? Um, That's just an idea. I'm I'm not saying Mm. that there's a bunch of people real high up there that uh, are trying to push us into a new form of energy so they can get in early and be the new energy tycoons in these new sectors that they're creating and diverting all of the people's money to uh, by force uh, while taking down all the old. I'm not like saying that that's what's happening Mm. at all. 
Yeah, you would never say something no. like that. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Well, speaking of Biden, this is from Reason. I know you all are so excited about this. Uh, Biden celebrates $90 billion bailout of private union pension plans. Now, mm-hmm. isn't there something called quid pro quo? <laughs> is that a thing? This is this was not a bribe. All right. This the, is this is not quid. There was no backroom deals. No. This was not a This was I'm hey, I'm gonna donate to your campaign and then it has nothing to do with the campaign donations oh, okay. towards Democrats. No. President Joe Biden jetted off to Cleveland on Wednesday evening to announce the official launch of a $90 billion bailout of union retirement plans, one that's completely paid for with federal borrowing. The union's so good that your pension is gone. Mm-hmm. The bailout was approved last year as part of the American Rescue Plan, the $1.9 trillion a dollar emergency spending bill that was meant to combat COVID-19 but included an impressive array of spending that had nothing to do with public health. The bailout will direct funds to more than 200 nearly insolvent multi-employer pension plans, which are established jointly by unions and the private companies that contract with them through collective bargaining agreements. We promised you something we now can't deliver. Government, please bail us out. Quote, With today's actions, millions of workers will have the dignified retirement they earned and they deserve, paid for by everyone else. Yeah, that's isn't that kind of a paid for by yourself and everyone. What are so with today's actions? What are today's actions? Well, there's it's not like they're raising taxes for this or anything. They're just going to borrow it, and when you borrow money, no one has to pay for it. It doesn't affect anything at all, right? That's fine. But now all these workers are going to have the dignified retirement they earned. And they deserve. Now, how did they earn it? That's what I want to know. I'm not trying to be a dick here, but it's going to happen. I'm just trying to figure out how they earned it. If you earned it, then why did they just have to borrow money to give it to you because it wasn't there? That's what I want to know. I don't blame the workers for this one. Because they signed a contract for employment with certain benefits. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, that they were promised, they were guaranteed those things. Otherwise, they wouldn't have taken the job. They could have taken their labor elsewhere. People who bought Terra Luna were guaranteed like twenty percent return on their stakes. Also, There's no contract there <laughs> that stated that. That's different. I'm saying, okay, you as a person, you get multiple job offers. Let's say, or you're trying to get a job somewhere, and someone's like, "Hey, come work for me, retire with me, and then I'm going to pay you this much money for the rest of your life." And you're like. Well, that sounds like a good deal. I'll take that job mm-hmm. rather than doing something else where, you know, you don't have those things because you're you're in competition, right? Your labor is a commodity and you're trying to decide where to go. This is on the people and the ones that are insolvent. I mean, it should like some people should go to jail for losing the, the what they promised. Yeah. Like that's a scheme. But instead of that, what we're going to do is we're going to take money from other people and and give it to them to guarantee their retirements. No, and I'm not I'm not saying that we should do that. That's not what I, I'm saying. I'm just saying the fault lies with the people who made the promise mm-hmm. and then squandered that promise. And in my opinion, okay, starting from right now, just going to tell you, if you go sign up to work and you're part of a union and they're guaranteeing you something that is obviously too good to be true, it's clearly too good to be true, okay? It, it is. 
don't bitch about it when it's not there anymore. Okay. Don't plan your retirement on something that you knew was too good to be true, which is a guaranteed return every single year in a system that is not doing that great of a job, making sure those returns happen without stealing money from other people to back it up. Mm. I really hate unions. I'm sorry. I'll try and back off a little oh, I bit. I hate them too. I hate yeah. them too. Uh, here's an example why I hate them. <laughs> Millions of union workers, that is, if you're not part of the that select club, there's no bailout coming your way. Even as a sagging economy eats into private retirement savings, inflation makes every saved dollar worth less and Social Security looms on the brink of insolvency. We've known that for years. Um, and then you say here, this is, uh, this is yours, oh, you'll have to pay it back with interest. The money borrowed to make this bailout and the rest of the American Rescue Plan possible. So that's the other thing that the people in the union will have to realize, and everyone else, of course, there is no such thing as getting something from nothing. It has to come from somewhere. Yeah. And so this $90 billion that they're getting to help because they're screwed right now. They're partially screwed because of the $90 billion that was taken out <laughs> to help them. One of the reasons that their, that their retirement is so messed up is because the government does what they're doing in this case, and they do it in a lot of other situations, and people are going to pay for it. Well, I mean, but these people will likely be dead before they see, you know. Yeah, that's true. So who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's not going to matter <laughs> to them. They'll be gone. They need their money now. It's my money, and I need it now. Uh, I haven't seen those commercials in a while. Is that still a thing? Is that J.G. Wentworth? Yep. 877-CASH-NOW if you want right. to get your money that you need now. A 2018 study by the Government <laughs> Accountability Office found that the Central State State's Pension Fund, one of the largest and most deeply indebted private multi-employer funds, how do these people get money? You know, they're still just raking the fees. Mm-hmm. The management fees. I'm I'm still I'm gonna get my one and a half to two percent or whatever it is of all the money you're giving me, no matter what, whether I actually give you returns or not. How do people? How do these? How do they keep getting money? Maybe we should start a multi-employer fund, Nate. And because they're for the worker, man. They're for these evil corporations. It, you got to have these people working to do the collective bargaining. And, of course, they're only doing this for virtuous and kind reasons, uh, just so they can help the little man. And that's it. And as long as everyone has that belief, they'll continue to get everyone's money because they think they're helping them. So this uh, pension fund would have 91% of the assets necessary to cover future costs if it had achieved its target annual financial return of 7.4% every year since 2000. It would have 91% mm-hmm. of the necessary assets if it had done that. Okay. Instead, the fund has earned an average of less than 5% annually and was on pace to run out of money by 2025. Who was trading for them? I don't know. It's horrible returns. <laughs> they just did a stuck they in the were, S&P. Yeah, I was going to say, they just need to buy the S&P. That's, what are they doing? I don't know. You never know what they're doing with your money. <laughs> Quote, these pension plans failed to protect workers and retirees, and their trustees refused to make the changes necessary to make good on their promises. So the American people needs to bail them out. <laughs> Actually, that's not what that quote was saying. Uh, yeah, that's two Republicans disagreeing with that idea. No, I, I know, but I'm <laughs> just saying that like that this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so now the the answer from your government currently 
is that you need to bail these people out because these pension plans fail to protect their workers and they make good on their promises. But you know what? I'm sure after this bailout, they've learned their lesson, Charlie. They're not going to let this Mm -hmm. happen again because I bet next time they're just going to be allowed to fail, right? Yeah. They definitely learned their lesson. Mm -hmm. The American Rescue Plan, they added, quote, quote, uh, this is coming from two Republican uh, representatives, Fox and Allen. Uh, The American Plan, they added, the American Rescue Plan, they added, creates perverse incentives for further mismanagement and underfunding and leaves the taxpayer holding the bag, which is true. It, It does. By the way. Why would you do a better job when you do, if you do a bad job, the government just swoops in and gives you a bunch of money and you didn't have to work for it? And they'll probably take more fees. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, we can get richer and we don't even have to make a return. It doesn't matter. That's what I would do. Biden delivered a major win to his labor union allies, put the cost on the taxpayers tab and took a victory lap for doing it. Quote, I promised you I would be the most pro-labor, pro-union, pro-worker president in our history. Biden said Wednesday in Cleveland, I see you, I hear you, and I will always have your back and everyone else gets to pay for it. He didn't say that last part, but no. he was thinking it mm-hmm. for sure. This is maddening. It, it is. It's so frustrating. Now think about this $90 billion in the context of what we've spent during COVID. It's like, oh, okay, here's this little piece of the budget. You know, it's not a big deal. $90 billion, though, when you think about, uh, I don't know, the bank bailouts in 2008 or 2009, that's a pretty big chunk of it right there. That's like an eighth of that massive bailout that sparked outcries all over the country and everyone really upset about that probably sparked the whole Ron Paul revolution after this thing. People upset about it. But now we spend so much freaking money on everything. It's like, uh, that's like nothing, you know. 90 billion now feels like 90 bucks. Yeah, who cares? Mm. I want to thank the sponsor for today's show. That's our friend Mikel Thurup of the Expat Money Show. You've probably heard him on this podcast before. That's back on episode 330. And if you're one of the many people who are considering exploring life in another country, you absolutely have to subscribe to the Expat Money Show. Whether it's foreign residencies, second passports, asset protection, or protecting your money from the tyranny of taxation, there is no better resource than the Expat Money Show. I mean that. Seriously. This is the guy to go to. Mikkel has spent over 20 years traveling the world, visiting more than 100 countries, while living in nine different countries. Over that time, he can help you legally eliminate your tax bill and travel the world in the process. So subscribe to the Expat Money Show today, available on all the podcast apps, YouTube, or you can find the episodes over at expatmoneyshow.com. And by the way, he's got a great online summit coming up that I'm going to put the link in the show notes to as well. A bunch of different experts who are going to show you all the benefits of living the expat lifestyle, the best ways to do it, how we can actually live a free libertarian lifestyle. That does sound pretty good. So go over to the expatmoneyshow.com and find all the links in the show notes. That's a that's a lot of money. They're not going to solve the problem. Uh, you can't guarantee people these returns. Uh, other people who aren't in the union, by the way, if your 401k goes down or whatever your IRA or whatever retirement is that you have, then you lose money. You know, you whatever the performance is, that's what you end up getting. You know, my IRA is down for the year right now. And you know when you sign up for it that that risk is involved. Mm-hmm. 
Not unions, though. Mm-mm. Okay, next thing. Now, how, I just don't. How do they get away with this? Well, you know, it's literally not only is it robbery, but they're going on a, a freaking victory lap. Well, and it's a it's a bribe. Just saying it's a quit, it's, exactly. It's it's the whole thing, like buying votes and then getting taxpayer money afterwards. That's totally fine. That's not that's not a bribe. That's not anything. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Vote for me. I'll make sure you get taxpayer funding for your retirement plan. Give me money towards my campaign, and then when I get into office, I will take a little bit of everyone else's money and I'll give it back to you. It's insane. <laughs> but that's so normal. That's just what we do. It's insanity. And now it's not that you should make a law saying, well, you can't do that and then give the money. No, you should make the law that the government can't steal the freaking money from everyone. There's your law right there. That's how you solve that problem, not by saying, oh, you can't do the campaign donation and receive money afterwards. Obviously, unions get, I mean, Democrats are really heavily funded by unions. Mm -hmm. I think this is pretty clear. And this is what they get. $90 billion to bail all their bad decisions. Great. I hate unions, man. I hate it. I'm sorry if you're in the union. I don't hate you personally, but I think less of you. I also hate (laughs) government. Yes. Also the government. Okay. A little bit of media malpractice happened here. So I saw this tweet on the tweeter, the tweeter sphere yesterday from Stephen King. Probably heard of him before. I think he wrote a book or something. He says, and this is actually something that happened like last week or whatever, but it really blew up yesterday. It was trending and actually got the article changed because it got so big yesterday. DeSantis signs bill requiring Florida students, professors, to register political views with the state. I can't even. He's not even evening right now. No, Stephen King isn't even evening after this. Mm -mm. He can't. He tried to even, but he can't. That's how bad this is. He's been evening for a long time. It doesn't say it, but it looks like he can odd, but he can't <laughs> even. <laughs> Charlie is a dad, by the way, so that's okay. Okay, so when I saw that tweet, I was like, okay, I don't like that. I don't want DeSantis to require students and professors in Florida to register their political views no. with the state. Of course, that wouldn't be That's a, ridiculous. That wouldn't be a libertarian position. It's not libertarian at all, and I still don't know if I agree with what they are actually doing, but it's not that... And so I was trying to figure out what the heck he's talking about. Find this article from Salon. Luckily, I have a screenshot of it. Because after Stephen King really blew this up yesterday, they changed the article title. After the article had already been out for like a week. Uh, So DeSantis, here's the article title from Salon. DeSantis signs bill requiring Florida students, professors, to register political views with the state. That's basically what Stephen King just copied down. And put down, universities may lose funding if staff and students' beliefs do not satisfy Florida's GOP-run legislature. I mean, they'll lose. <laughs> Doesn't that sound? So when I see this, I'm like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me, DeSantis. I'm ready for all of these liberty-leaning people to disown DeSantis after this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, this would be this would be way too far. We gave that 19-hour speech about privacy and everything and how you, you know, you you want to make sure that your political views are kept private and you can't be targeted by the state or anything like that. Stay 19. It was really like 6 hours, but But also isn't this crazy that they have like they have to lie mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. get people upset about this stuff and then it's like they'll say the truth later, but like ugh, this is so maddening. How, 
I don't understand how you write something like this. And then you're like, okay, with the fact that you are like legitimately trying to manipulate people. Okay. So I just don't understand it. I, when I first read the article yesterday, this was the article title. Now, when I went back t today to bring the article into the show notes, this is the article title. Now, DeSantis signs bill requiring survey of Florida students, professors, on their political views. Now, that's not quite as bad as saying that requiring students and professors to register their political views. Right. But this is a little bit different, requiring survey of Florida students, professors on their political views. And the next line afterwards says that the, um, that the title of the article was changed to more accurately reflect the bill's text. Mm. That is, that's what it says. Actually, let me just show you that real quick. It's pretty funny. Um, look at this. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that. The headline for this article has been revised since its original publication to more accurately reflect the language of the bill in question. Okay. So that is more accurate. I would, I would agree with that. So let's see what's actually in here. Let's go through this article. And then I actually read the bill yesterday because I wanted to, to know just before we talked about it. Public universities... Okay, starting off right there. Public universities. Funded by the taxpayers. Funded by the state. <laughs> in Florida, will be required to survey both faculty and students on their political beliefs and, beliefs and viewpoints with the institutions at risk of losing their funding if the responses are not satisfactory to the state's Republican-led legislature. And what does that mean? If there's too many Democrats there, then they're going to take away their funding. The unprecedented project, unprecedented project, which was tucked into a law signed Tuesday by fascist Republican Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I added in the governor part is part of a long running nationwide right wing supremacist push to promote intellectual diversity on campuses. Based on the bill's language, survey responses will not necessarily be anonymous. Well, they will not necessarily be anonymous, sparking worries among many professors and other university staff that they may be targeted, held back in their careers, or even fired for their beliefs. Now, I would not agree with them targeting people based on their political beliefs and firing them or holding them back or anything like that. But I do enjoy watching people on the left play victim to the idea of being canceled. That they could potentially be held back because of their political beliefs. <laughs> and the ability to take this and turn yourself into the victim. Here's, the, here's how you become a victim. You've been able to do this to people for a long time as much as you want. And where you become the victim is when you are scared that someone could potentially possibly be able to do it to you in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's you getting to play the victim. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like putting a bunch, bunch of people in a prison. Yeah. And it's great. You're, you're afraid that they're going to put you in the prison <laughs> for the same thing. According to the bill sponsor, faculty will not be promoted or fired based on their responses. But as the Tampa Bay times reported, the bill itself does not back up those claims. They don't say specifically that they're not going to fire people based on their responses. The only details on the survey come via a passage over its purpose to discover 
quote, the extent to which competing ideas and perspectives are presented at public universities and whether students feel free to express beliefs and viewpoints on campus and in the classroom. Republicans have long held a this widespread insane conspiracy theory uh, that probably propagated by Alex Jones and QAnon that universities promote left wing ideologies <laughs> and discriminate against conservative students and staff. <laughs> not all of that was in the line from the article. Yeah, no. <laughs> Though the bill does not specify what the survey results will be used for, both DeSantis and Rodriguez suggested that the state could institute budget cuts if, if university students and staff do not respond in a satisfactory manner. And what they mean by satisfactory is if a bunch of people say that they're afraid to mention what their political beliefs mm -hmm. are. I understand what they're doing with this with this idea. Okay, are we funding public universities where they're only allowing one political viewpoint and discriminating against people of another political viewpoint or holding them back? Are people scared that they can't say whatever their beliefs are at our own state-funded universities? And so we're going to survey the people. By the way, they're not surveying everyone. I read further into that. They're going to conduct a statistical scientific survey, which means they'll pick like eight people and tell, and tell you that this is what everyone believes. <laughs> well, probably more than <laughs> probably that. Probably like 2,000, something like that. Well, and, you know, they want the data to back up the crazy wild conspiracy theory, mm -hmm. which is true, by the way. That I okay, so I didn't think about that. What's also funny is that... I took out a, a paragraph in here. I took out a few paragraphs. And one of the things they said was when asked, uh, Ron DeSantis did not have any, did not have any data to back up his claims that universities were discriminating against <laughs> <laughs> political beliefs. <laughs> so that's actually a good point. That's what they want. They want to get that's the what data. They're doing. They want to get the data to prove <laughs> the fact, which, which there is some data, by the way, I, I believe. Um, there are some well, there's well, people that have voluntarily done exactly. This. Yeah. yeah. So roughly speaking, you know, that's how we know that roughly 30% of university professors identify self-identify as Marxist. Mm -hmm. So is it only 30%? I think it's 30% okay. uh, self-identify. I got you. That have come out. So the other ones just haven't accepted it yet, but they are Marxist. They probably haven't said it. Yeah. But they think Marx was like too. They didn't too think much Marx of a capitalist. Far enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. In addition to the survey, the bill also prevents officials from limiting limiting campus speech that may be uncomfortable, disagreeable, or offensive. A measure that, as Democrats in the state legislature pointed out, will make it easier for groups like the KKK or the Proud Boys to hold events on campus. Same groups. <laughs> That's both the same thing. And that's immediately what's going to happen, for sure. Mm -hmm. KKK rallies at your public universities, day one. Mm -hmm. Exactly what's going to happen. If you <laughs> <laughs> I'm so afraid. Now, this, is, um, this is comical. How, this should have been a dumb bleep, I guess. Good job, DeSantis. How different is that from the original, what, the idea that the original headline gives you? DeSantis? Well, yeah. DeSantis signs bill requiring Florida students and professors to register their political views with the state. Now, that sounds completely like crazy authoritarian, mm -hmm. fascist, you know, like just Hitler, it, definitely Hitler. This article. It's like wearing a Jew badge. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. This it, are, be the same thing. 
This article was posted on June 23rd. They just changed the headline yesterday after it started trending on Twitter. So the article was out there like that. And here's the, the problem with your, with your media malpractice. This article headline is going to be what's, what everyone is going to think immediately. Stephen King's tweet. 21.5 thousand retweets as of uh, 8.09. Oh, no, that's when he did that. I did this this morning. So 21.5 thousand retweets, uh, 4,600 quote tweets, 135,000 likes on this. And that's what people are going to think about. It's like, don't say gay. Yeah. You know? But, but like, the right-leaning people, those are the ones who uh, are spreading misinformation around. So we need a Department of Misinformation. I still love the video from that one actor. Don't say gay. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> Ron Perlman. Yeah, Perlman. That's his name. Don't say gay. Oh, wait, this one. Fascist. All right, this is from Reuters. California lithium taxed would delay shipments to automakers, executives warn. So a proposed flat rate tax on lithium produced in California's Salton Sea region. They just don't want any businesses in California Mm-mm. anymore. That's Mm-mm. what they want. They have looked at the landscape <laughs> and they saw that a bunch of people left and um, they learned absolutely nothing from it. At all. God. So uh, this will delay deliveries of the electric vehicle battery metal to General Motors and Stellantis. Stellantis. Oh, by the way, this is proposed. This is from before they passed it. This has actually been passed now. This has been passed. This has been passed, yeah. Uh, And it it will now push some mining companies to exit the state entirely, industry executives told Reuters. The tension comes as America's largest state is trying to position itself as a leader in green green energy and as supplies of lithium have failed to match surging demand amid the push to phase out gasoline-powered vehicles. Eric Spalmer, chief executive in privately held Energy Source Minerals LLC, told Reuters his company has halted discussions with potential financers and a major automaker he declined to identify while California's legislature debates the tax. And now probably they're leaving, I bet. Uh, Quote, this tax would stifle our industry before it it even begins. Uh, We're willing to pay and contribute to the local community, but it has to be a regional rational tax. Uh, Rod Caldwell, CEO of Controlled Thermal Resources Limited, which has contracts to supply lithium to GM by 2024, and this other company, Stellantis, by 2025, said this tax would force the company to miss those delivery deadlines. Quote, just the mere concept of this type of tax is having a chilling effect on development. CTR plans to produce 60,000 tons of lithium, enough to make roughly 6 million EVs by mid-2024 in California, which would make it the largest U.S. lithium producer. Those plans are now in jeopardy, uh, Colwell said. The proposal would impose a tax of $400 per ton for the first 20,000 tons of lithium produced annually. 600 per ton for the next 10,000. So it's a progressive tax. It's a progressive production nice. tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. And $800 per ton with output of 30,000 tons or more. So I, I love <laughs> I see. progressive tax on production. Now, of course, these companies aren't going to pay this tax, by the way. No. Well, they definitely aren't because they're going to leave California. Yeah. But. Well, yeah, a lot of them are going to leave because they don't <laughs> want to deal with the hassle. But the ones that do stay, they aren't going to pay it. It's just going to make your electric cars more expensive. 
Quote, this framework is good for everybody, including both the community and the industry, prioritizing equity and innovation to help California power the entire world's transition to clean energy, Newsom spokesperson said. Prioritizing equity and innovation. How is taxing equity and innovation or innovation like prioritizing equity and innovation? I guess they're prioritizing equity. It's definitely prioritizing equity. Companies have money and they want to give it to other people, mm. I guess. Um, what a stupid idea. Like in this whole push for EVs, this whole push for battery power and clean energy and all that to come in. And you know what this is on, this, on the part of California? This is price gouging. <laughs> this is actual price gouging. Yeah. Because there's no other options because they're the state government. Mm. This is actual price gouging on their part because they see here's an industry. We're forcing everyone to move into it. We were getting rid of get California literally phasing out the gas cars, forcing people to go in this. This is where the lithium is. So they're going to have to come here to get it. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to price gouge them. We're going to screw them because they have to get it. It's right there. Mm. Is there ever price gouging on the part of the state? Or is that only when corporations do it? It's only when the greedy corporations I got you. Because okay. the state can't be greedy. Well, well, this is to help the people. Mm. They'll provide a lot of really good services. Exactly. I got you. Like in the increasing homeless popul mm -hmm. population. Lithium industry executives say they support mitigation efforts, but prefer a levy of 2% or less of their sales because they feel a flat tax could be economically ruinous when prices for the metal drop in the future. Mining executives say extracting lithium from the region is already a costly venture, and they may consider moving to other states, including Utah and Arkansas. Arkansas. Quote, if this passes, we will fight it or we will leave. Caldwell said. So they're probably going to leave. Could they get any dumber out there? I'm not sure. Um, we've got some California people here. Does anyone um, in the group. that know in, does, that knows anything about economics in the California government whatsoever? No, it's, no. Yeah. They know. Well, they do, they went to those Marxist professors at those universities, probably because mm. they didn't have that bill that Ron DeSantis passed. Yeah, making sure that you fired all the lefties. Exactly. That's basically what the it's the fire lefties bill. Mm. That's what they call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, for short. So, um, yeah, they didn't learn at all why so many people are leaving California and why so many businesses are leaving California. And now they got this new industry. Not exactly new. It's been around for a bit. But they have the ability to have, like, the biggest lithium producers based in California. And what do they think? What do they immediately want to do? Tax it. Steal their money. Let's tax it right now. We need to make sure we get our cut of that lithium now. Oh, man. This is what they do, y'all. And I actually think, you know, we actually did a, read a long piece about how the government was actually getting in the way of the transition to green energy, which is hilarious with all the pushing that they're trying to do, that there's so many roadblocks and so much red tape mm -hmm. that they can't even make the transition. And this is another one right here. This is just slowing it down. This thing that they supposedly want really bad. They for sure want this. And they just well, not only they're not only that they're going to force you into it, mm -hmm. and then they're going to take money on top of it. If that's not extortion, I don't know what is. So we've had extortion, bribery, and what else theft. in here? And and war, mm -hmm. theft, all that just just being conducted by our well, benevolent leaders. That's nothing great. like living in America, folks. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, yeah, you know what? Let's um uh, let's go home. We'll do this Call one for uh. We'll do this one for a white pill sometime because this is one that we can do next week. 
All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us that rating and review. Share the show with a friend, a family member, and a foe. And share it with your California friends. They need you now more than ever, Amanda. We feel bad for y'all living out there in liberal hateism. Hades. Just Hades. Mm -hmm. It smells funny. It's hot. And uh, I don't know how you do it, honestly. I think everyone should leave California to be the desert wasteland that it is. And quit taking our water. (laughs) You in Arizona, leave the water alone. Y'all can move to a good state like Texas. And um, you're not inviting them to Tennessee or Tennessee. No, because you're worried they're going to screw up your state. That's right. Yeah. Don't don't come here. Don't don't come here. Anyway, um, we love you as people. We hate your state. Hate the state. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, if you do all those things, leave us a rating and review. Then we'll be back again uh, tomorrow for Dumb Bleep of the Mother Trucking Week. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done.